Deep Dive, a podcast of CGT Radio. We go beyond headlines with reporters from around the world. Search for Deep Dive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Take a deep dive into the news every week. Hear our conversations. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you live from Beijing. I'm He Young. Good as always to have you along. Having teeth and the ability to use them in a smile is something we all have in common. Dental services can be expensive, though. Until recently, the cost of Tooth implants in China just got a lot cheaper. We discuss dental care cost reductions and the power of a smile that will make you want to look after your pearly whites properly, so that you can keep smiling. And we're on a mission of starting your week with a motivational kick. Our motivational Monday offerings will get you ready to tackle the week. For today's program, I'm joined by Li Yi and longtime no see, our pal Lai Meng. Hello, hello. Very happy to be back on the show. And it's wonderful to have you two on the show. I don't know if we've had this lineup before, but it's certainly going to be one with bursting,、uh, <clears throat> well, chemistry, and that's what we love on the show, and also the unknown, you know. So lovely to have you two on Roundtable. Always first, a pleasure. And first on today's show, remember when some dental patients would make the sarcastic comment: "If one undergoes a full dental implant, the procedure can be as expensive as buying a car or a small apartment." Sure, dentistry can cost you an arm and a leg in many countries around the world. Spanish author Miguel de Cervantes, well, that was in the. Sixteen hundreds, admittedly, he famously said, "Every tooth in a man's head is more valuable than a diamond." Now, with the whiff of relief, we can say those days are gone. The cost for dental implants has dropped a great deal thanks to bulk buying. The latest news in Beijing is that from April the twentieth, the fee for tooth implants could be seventy percent cheaper. Cost reductions, we like that. Tell us more about it. Sure, I think. We have been a lot of we have a lot of discussion about the expense of dental implants,、uh, normally because they are unimaginably expensive.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, after researching, I find that it's actually a quite a complicated issue because the cost of dental implants can be divided into three parts. The first one is medical service, and then is implant cost, and then there's tooth crown cost. And、uh, basically, I think in recent years,、uh, Chinese authorities have been Paying efforts to try to reduce the cost of these three aspects, respectively, and the first one is the medical service cost. And in the year 2022, actually in September 2022, I think the National Healthcare Security Administration announced that medical service fees per tooth for the dental implants should be capped at under 4,500 yuan at top-level public hospitals. But of of course, I think we have different levels of service fees、uh, at Different levels of of hospitals in terms of、uh, the cost of human labor and also the cost of、uh, hospital op- operation in different cities. But overall, I think there has been a reduction of medical service in terms of dental implants. And then there's、uh, the implant cost and also the tooth crown cost. And I think China has been、uh, reducing these two parts of cost basically by 
centralized procurement and also bidding. And to, centralized procurement, what is that all about? It is it's about uh, the national uh, health healthcare medical medical care institution trying to negotiate with uh, suppliers in bulk. I mean, they come up with a figure uh, as to how many uh, items, uh, let's take teeth uh, implants as an example, Mm -hmm. perhaps they'll come up with a number, let's say this year I'm going to pay for several hundred thousands of uh, implant teeth implants and how uh, what are, what are you guys willing to offer me the price in terms? So, uh, because of this bulk purchase um, deal, they are willing the the negotiation. They they are they are able to take a, uh, a stronger stance in terms in terms of the negotiation. Therefore, bringing the cost down. Right. So basically, when you've got the government kind of stepping in as the biggest negotiator mm-hmm. at the table, and then it's not surprising that it wields. Um, the biggest negotiating power in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, but previously, there has long been this discussion about having one tooth implant. So yeah. in Chinese, we call it zhiya or zhongya. Right. And then it's hugely expensive. It's mm-hmm. almost like um, an act of luxury as such. But after years of discussion, and we can see that the relevant parties, especially the government, has been putting in efforts to try to reverse the tide because as small as a tooth in one's mouth, that actually matters a lot in terms of our daily lives or those who are having the dental issues, Mm -hmm. then this is not only, um, in my opinion, a confidence issue, because if you don't have the confidence to smile, that takes a dent on um, your personal image. That and how you feel about yourself, as well as when you're chewing and eating. And then, you know, this is like a a big deal for people's daily lives in that sense. And also um, what's getting people's attention is that if there's this drop in price, um, could that also be possibly or, or just the dental care costs? Can some of it or more of it be covered by the medical insurance? Because we know that in a lot of countries around the world, dental is very expensive, especially like in the UK, US as such. And even in the UK, I'm uh, 90% sure that dental care cost is not included by the NHS. So often you it has to come from your pocket. And, you know, as we live in a society that is increasingly modern and urbanized and uh, the, the dental care is actually a big deal for people. So, yeah, um, uh, I also like to check with you guys if we might take a step back in mm-hmm. what did it used to be of the dental cost situation of this country? Well, we've been saying that uh, people have this um, understanding that maybe getting a tooth implant can be very expensive. We do have some figure here. A 2022 study on dental implant costs in Shanghai revealed that the original price of a complete set of consumables for one dental implant is about 19,000 to 26,000 yuan. Or let, let me do the calculation quickly. Uh, about 2,000 to 3,000 US dollars. Uh-huh. If relevant examination fees, diagnosis, and treatment fees are added, the average medical cost for one dental implant is about 30,000 yuan. Uh, about 4,000 US dollars right now, given the uh, current exchange rate. It's amazing how you managed to do that because I always muck it up on the show. Just can't get the math right. Yeah, so it is certainly quite expensive as it used to be. Um, But 
there is still also this huge demand for dental care for the implants of teeth as such. Well, it's in reality the demand is not as high as you want you you think it can be because an, an earlier research into uh, this uh, data showed that in 2020 in 2020 Chinese people had uh, 4 million tooth implants so that's about an average of 28 tooth implants for every 10,000 people. So the penetration rate of tooth implant is not really high. Uh, perhaps mm-hmm. some of the reason is because, uh, like we said earlier, the number we cited is, is simply too expensive for right. average people to try and use that service. I, I think as, uh, as, as Lemming mentioned, we do see like a huge demand in terms of dental or tooth implants. But I think it's quite a complicated issue because normally I think, in, especially in China, I think dental implants or tooth implants is usually considered as like a consuming medical care is quite different from like the basic medical care or the primary medical care, for example, like the certain very p- common uh, diseases. It's, it's, it's usually con- considered as a something that those uh, patients would voluntarily do, and it's not really considered as a part of the treatment, you know, like, like official treatment. In other like words, other, you have a choice. Right, of you a, have a choice. Like, like a it's not life-threatening. Plant, yes. something. Oh, basically. It's, not, it's not life and death, and therefore it's lot more like a consumption. So that's you why, you know, we, we, we have seen a lot of the discussion about whether to include that project into the basic medical insurance because because of people have different understanding about this issue. Mm. So, you know, the, the latest move about uh, reducing the price of dental uh, implants or tooth implants is, is, is kind of considered as a positive sign. Mm-hmm. It's trying to, uh, the country is really trying to include that part in the whole system. Yeah. Right. We mentioned the centralized mm-hmm. pro- procurement mm-hmm. policy that we try and, and, and introduce a bit, and that is the uh, government would come out and, and talk to suppliers and try to talk the price down a bit. So they have been doing this since the year 2018, and they've been working on uh, life and death uh, purchases, like uh, if you need a hip replacement. Mm. So these are medical treatments that, uh, do- that patients don't really have a choice not to do. Mm. And... In fact, the the tooth implant is the first step of this policy trying to be implemented in in the uh, like you said earlier the consumption area where right. people where patients have a have a choice to take it or not take it. I suspect though that all dentists out there who are listening to this show are shaking their heads mm-hmm. <laughs> because I remember yeah. this quote of something along the lines, love can fight anything except for poverty. Oh, how realistic and materialistic and a toothache. Mm-hmm. Because if you are suffering from a toothache, then all those who go through that know this is not extra consumption. This is a necessity. Yeah, it is. And, and therefore, um, yeah, like these days, some people, um, you have this higher demand of sort of dental beauty. And that I can agree. Okay, that's not what something you have to do. But there are also these dental issues that is really annoying and agonizing if you're going through it. For example, if you have tooth that has to be taken out otherwise mm-hmm. it, it is bothering you or let's say if you've got multiple decaying tooth a teeth and then if you don't take it out it could affect the gum and it becomes a bigger issue and then if it's really bad then it would even affect the 
the sh- your jawline. I know this all sounds really trivial, but if you're in the shoes of this poor person who's going through this, it is beyond consumption matters. It is a real issue for people. Yeah, it is a real issue if you realize what uh, what uh, missing a teeth, what tooth problems might cause you. But uh, I'm afraid not everybody is aware of the situation. But yes,、uh, if you miss a tooth, and there there can be some、uh, severe consequences. Some、uh, your your healthy teeth that's next to the problematic teeth might loo- become loose and fall off. And you, like Heyang said earlier, you might have Uh, low efficiency in chewing. You might, your jawline might change, and also、uh, if you don't have good teeth, you don't chew efficiently. You might have some digestive system problems as well. Yeah, and、um, you mentioned the word awareness, and it is key here.、Uh, we've done a show、uh, on Roundtable. I believe in 2018, and、uh, back then there were all these surveys already about the lack of awareness of、uh, dental health for people. And then when you look at figures、uh, coming from Shanghai, which is one of the biggest and very developed cities in China, in the year 2022, apparently.、Um, Some sixty-five percent of local children aged five years old have decayed teeth, and less than ten percent of local middle-aged and elderly folks enjoy periodontal health. Where while more than ninety percent have decayed teeth,、mm-hmm. and then decayed teeth. Once it gets to that point, it's pretty severe uh, orthal, uh, oral teeth issues, and、um, so it seems like maybe. Folks aren't haven't really been、um, keeping their dental health in check, and this is some a thing that people tend to neglect. I think not only for、uh, tooth implants. You know, when it comes to to treat like tooth decay, I think usually there are, there are, there are several options. For example, we can also do the root canal therapy. Ooh, yeah,、painful. and also of course for missing tooth, you can also choose to have false teeth. But you know,、uh, as experts suggest. That you know to have tooth implants is better than to have false teeth. It's better for your bones. It's better for your、um, oral health, and it's also better for your daily eating habit. <laughs> so you know, and also you know, when it comes to like root canal therapy, it can be as expensive as we expect. Because I have a friend who experienced such therapy in Beijing a few years ago. She told me she spent like seven thousand yuan to do for one. Yeah, for one root canal root therapy. Root canal operation. Yeah,、huh? so that can be equally expensive. So I think it's really a good sign to see that medical authorities are trying to really reduce the expense for local people. But、mm-hmm. I know that there are also debates about whether、uh, there there will be consequences or negative effects、uh, after this policy are being rolled、yeah, out. Yeah, indeed. So how come if something becomes cheaper and affordable, as、uh, tooth implants can be? And it would raise some issues. What could that possibly be directing to? More patients seeking medical care, whereas、mm. there is a lack of talent who are、uh, equipped with the skills to look into somebody's mouth and determine what problems they're having. Well, a lack of medical talent in on all fronts is one issue that this country does face. But also, some worry that if the、um, teeth、uh, tooth implants become Uh, cheaper, and then it could be overused or abused. Do you see that as an issue? 
I don't really think so.、Uh, I think it it really depends on like a doctor's professional diagnosis to give you certain treatment. I mean, if you don't really need to do that tooth implants, of course, I don't think a professional doctor will encourage you to do that. As、uh, no matter how willing you know a, a patient will be to do that project, so I think it really depends on、uh, the doctor's professional diagnosis. As Liming said, I think we still see regional disparities in China and also in certain cities. Within one city,、mm. I would say,、um, and also I think that could also lead to the problem of, you know, making the registration of certain top hospitals even more challenging for, uh, uh, for patients because. Uh, take Be- Beijing for example. I think there, there, there is certain top, uh, univer, uh, hospital. I mean, uh, to 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 get your registration to see a doctor. So I think there might be concerns. Uh, if we are seeing like a price major price reduction in terms of tooth implants, will it be like even harder for people to get re- registration for those top? Uh, hospitals.、Oh. So it's important for us to know that、uh, tooth implants and dental care is not rocket science. And you actually can、uh, get decent service at different hospitals, regular hospitals,、uh, un- unless you have some rare problems, some very challenging problems. You don't necessarily have to go to the best hospital located next to. Uh, uh, in Haidian District, in, in fact, here in、uh, Beijing,、right. you, you don't have to. You don't have to go to the best hospital. Mm, that's a very good point, and also I think it's really crucial and useful for people to know the medical services available for everybody. Let's still take Beijing as an example.、Mm-hmm. So we did some digging, and apparently, right now across the city,、um, there are more than eleven thousand、uh, private as well as public. Uh, dental clinics or hospitals one can visit,、mm-hmm. and among them, about 150 are public medical institutions.、Okay. And then the very nice hospitals with the top medical experts、uh, being there, like. Uh, Li Yi mentioned would be included in this group. So what it has been so far is that well, there is this huge demand for better dent- better dental care, and then people would go to these private clinics, especially for the dental implants,、mm-hmm. because it's considered as first of all very expensive. Second of all, you want professional help, and there are some very good dental, a、uh, private dental clinics. Uh, in the city, so then this is like major business for these private clinics. But now, good news for the consumer slash、uh, patient:、mm-hmm. that is, we can get cheaper dental implants in、uh, public hospitals.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and one would think this would affect the private clinics as well, because their price has to go down to some extent as well. I would think, and then. Um, some people, or especially, I suppose those who run private practices, might、mm-hmm. be a little bit worried right now because now it seems like one of their major revenue streams of tooth implants could be going away, or the margin is going to be significantly thinner thanks to this drop in、um, prices in general. Well, there is a problem. Yes.、Um, Back in the days, because、uh, dental care wasn't included in medical、uh, insurance, and therefore people tend to think of it as a luxury service, and therefore they think they deserve 
better quality service. And therefore, if you compare a public hospital where the doctors are constantly busy and, and dealing with challenging cases, uh, you're not likely to get a very good uh, uh, treatment, uh, well, the best treatment at public hospitals. So they often turn to private hospitals. And these private hospitals also have an advantage compared to public hospitals in the sense that they uh, when they when they are procuring the uh, the raw materials, they are likely to get get them at a much lower price compared to public hospitals. Mm. Now um, the gap has been evened out because of this uh, centralized procurement and this inclusion into the medical insurance policy. So yes, private hospitals are going to face uh, a, a situation where their their benefit margin, their their profit margin is going to reduce. But then I will look at it more positively in the sense that um, more patients will be encouraged to seek medical care. I mean, remember the number I cited earlier? 28 tooth implants for every 10,000 people only in the year 2020. And now that with the price going down, I I think more people will... I I personally know people who have been waiting for the policy to be uh, implemented to go and seek medical care in this regard. Yes, and apparently even some of the dentists are saying, well, I'm waiting a little bit because I heard that, you know, within a few months, there's just going to be this uh, new pricing strategy that's going to be rolled out. And it's saving some serious money in your pocket. And that's definitely good news. Well, aside from uh, looking for the ad of and and receiving the adequate care of dentistry, but when it comes to teeth and also all kinds of health issues, being preventative is the key strategy here. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think right? I think it's really important to start prevention of you know all those oral problems as early as possible. So that's why there are doctors suggesting that you know parents should really start brushing children's teeth early, and they should really uh, brush their children's teeth since they grow their first tooth. Yeah. And. Uh, you know that. I'm aware of that. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's not only for protecting babies' teeth, but also make them to get used to brushing teeth. I know some babies will just cry and shout when parents try to brush their teeth, but it's really important to make them become used to that. Better start torturing them before torturing. they can uh, cry and kick. <laughs> very hard. Uh, very hard. And then uh, when they get used to it, I mean, I, I, I right now I have no issue uh, with convincing my son to get uh, toothbrush, uh, um, teeth brush every twice every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, so, so I think that's also the process of building awareness mm-hmm. right, since early. And then using dental floss. A lot of people are not aware of the importance of using uh, dental floss, including my parents who went to seek medical care at a hospital in Nanchang, the capital city of Jiangxi. And they were surprised to be told that they have to use dental floss every day. And mm. uh, and since then, I have more one more reason or one more way to please my parents, and that is to place orders for uh, dental floss for them. Yeah, I can sort of understand why people find it a pain to use, though, because um, just look at awareness again. I think for people to sort of to drill it in our heads that, okay, just brush your teeth at least twice uh, a, a day, you know, that's not a custom that everybody follows. And then add on top of that to floss your teeth. That's And also you need to buy the dental floss. And that's yeah. like one, one more thing um, on your shopping list. And not everybody's up for that. And I, I'm not surprised to see that the majority of Chinese people have not 
taken up flossing. So that's also something I think um, it, it, it might be a little bit of a PSA, but uh, it's necessary to sort of get the point across that it does help. Right, it does help. Yeah, it. So I think that's also very important to have this discussion. You know, especially after you know, relevant policies being implemented to reduce uh, the price of tooth. Uh, implants. I think a, a lot of people around me they start to realize how complicated it could be to implant one tooth. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to build awareness. Mm-hmm. And don't just look at this policy as the government's efforts to reduce the cost of dental care. In this process, they're also looking into the nitty gritty of pricing. I mean, uh, what goes, what counts as service fee, what counts mm-hmm. as material fee. So um, in many cases, back in the days, it wasn't very clear. I mean, some hospitals that give you a package deal, like 30,000 yuan, and you have a brand new teeth implanted. <laughs> Now, yeah. now, 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 uh, with this policy changes, uh, people are going to be more clear about what they're paying for. Right, and also that means, um, well, if you have these pearl white teeth and straight teeth, and that makes that encourages people to smile a bit more. And yeah, smile is 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 that key that fits the lock to everybody's heart. If you allow me to be a little bit cheesy here, and we'll be back after this break. Stay tuned. The strong wind was howling and whistling. He was the first Chinese citizen to graduate from Yale University in the mid 19th century. I was born on the 17th of November. She had prominent features. Three of us were old enough to lend a helping hand. He navigated between two vastly different cultures and moved further to realize his dream and promote understanding between the people of China and the United States. Ye Mingxing was a native of Hanyang. I realized no danger. China is really awakening. Come and join us in discovering the incredible journey of Yong Wang in his autobiography, My Life in China and America. Check out the audible stories on radio.cgtn.com and all major podcast platforms. Just search for the podcast Books and Beyond and find My Life in China and America. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, Hu Yang. I'm joined by Li Yi and Lai Ming in the studio. Coming up, monkeys on Mount Ume have quite the reputation of being aggressive with visitors. Visitors have been reported for getting harassed and even mugged by the monkeys. How should humans and monkeys coexist in harmony on the holy mountain of Ume? For some reason, when I'm teasing this topic, it just feels. A bit unreal, surreal, and funny in a way, but I shouldn't laugh over other people's grievances, right? Because some people say that they get beaten up. Well, that's more of、uh, an exaggeration. By monkeys? Something along those lines. Well, that's terrible. That is terrible, and I should not laugh. I'm sorry, but I just can't stop doing it. And our special segment,、uh, Roundtable's Motivational Monday, coming your way, will give you that adrenaline shot for the start of the week. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. Do you have a question for Roundtable's Heart to Heart segment? Share with us, and it could be answered on the show. Send us a voice memo or email to ezfm around. Roundtable at foxmail dot com. Now on Roundtable, as we continue today's discussion. 
Mount Ume, a UNESCO World Heritage Site since 1996, is a popular tourist destination in China's Sichuan Province with spectacular views, beautiful architectural beauty, and abundant wildlife. This scenic spot is also known for the monkeys that attack, as if a scene straight out of the Planet of the Apes. A man was caught on video fighting the monkeys on Mount Ume. Although the man later ap- apologized for his inappropriate behavior, this has once again triggered a discussion on how to battle monkeys on Mount Ume. This thread of debate on China's Q&A p- platform Zhuhu has attracted over two million users to chime in. So. Is it really that dramatic of people fighting monkeys? Yeah, I think you know monkeys on Mount Ume. They have been notoriously known for harassing, quote unquote, harassing visitors and also attacking visitors and even grabbing food from bags of visitors. And so we've seen a lot of videos actually showing that clip. But this time, as you said, Heyang, I think a man has successfully changed people's stereotype about monkeys and also visitors. In that video,、um, we can see some. Fisty cuffs and sort of like a boxing game, I would say, between a man and also monkey on the mountain. And actually, that has drawn a lot of netizen commenting, saying that this man did what many people want to do but dare not do. You know, also this like man like punching below his weight. Some yeah. <laughs> Well, in、And、his、losing. defense, oh come on, Lai Ming. Let's say if you're ganged up against by the monkey gang, okay. And I would consider myself、um, a person who visits the gym now every now and then. But my core muscles are extremely weak, and if I am surrounded by a whole bunch of monkeys and they come and like grab your stuff. I honestly don't know what to do. I could try to do a monkey kick, but then I'm thinking, oh, these are endangered species, not necessarily, but second grade, uh, <coughs> national, uh, <coughs> under the state uh, protection uh, list of animals, and this is not something that I would. Consciously want to fight, but if they're coming up against you, then. I honestly don't know what to do. I、I'm, I probably need to defend myself, but how? <laughs> well, there's a saying here in China: "Xiao cai yu dao bing." So it's like a scholar、uh, running into a skirmish with some deserted soldiers. Soldiers, you you can't really reason with them. So、uh, this, from now on, is.、Uh, Physical power, is <laughs> <laughs> you or them? Yeah. So with the local, well, I wouldn't say authorities, but the management team on Mount Ume, apparently they have done their job. They first of all know exactly there are 582 monkeys. <laughs> Each of them、okay. probably labeled in some 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 way, and then so they know the wildlife、uh, situation on their、uh, mountain, but.、Uh, <laughs> You're right there, getting a little emotional and yeah, a little yeah. Uh, feeling uh, very much threatened by these、uh, <laughs> by the distant relatives. <laughs> yeah, and then you see that with the、uh, the 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 mount mount、uh, mountain management team,、um, they have come up with warnings,、mm. with ways of suggestion to deal with the monkeys. And, and what are they? And now they are, you know, also trying to separate monkeys with. 
visitors. You know, it's of course it's not as simple as we expect, like really locking up those monkeys. Really, they are putting out more staffs and volunteers to try to do the scrutiny and try to warn if they see certain menace. Some monkeys would just cl- get clo- too close to visitors, or some visitors would just get too close to monkeys. They、mm. would just.、Uh, You know, just、uh, try to warn them immediately, and also there are staff actively follow monkeys and keep them away from visitors, and、uh, it's sort of like a measure to protect monkeys and also visitors in some sense. Why? Why do that? I, I thought、uh, being harassed and threatened by these monkeys is part of the deal. I mean, you you have、Who、to. Who said it was part, part of the deal? You, you, you have to <laughs> overcome the challenges of of the altitude, and then the、oh. uh, challenge from these、uh, distant. Relatives, primates, and then at the end of the day, you rise atop the mountain and enjoy the beautiful scenery, maybe a beautiful、uh, sunrise at the top of the mountain. But also, don't you find the、uh, so-called arrangement of the local administration of the mountain、um, kind of an effort that will just go futile in the sense that? Can you have and you can't have enough、uh, personnel to guard the monkeys and to manually like keep the visitors and the monkeys aside from each other, no, you separate、can't. from each other. That how is that going to work? No, and, right. I mean, five hundred and eighty-two of them. That's more like a, a brigade or what? <laughs> so, and they don't march in unison. They're like all over the place. Yeah, yeah, skirmishes. Yeah. I think it's more like you know those、uh, personnel or staffs are trying to change the sort kind of like conditional behaviors of those monkeys because as as Lamin mentioned, actually it is a selling point of that sink spot for a long period of time because I think as back、uh, as early as two thousand seven, I think local、uh, tourists. Authorities are trying to attract more visitors to this mountain by like. Attracting more monkeys to make sure that people can re- really see monkeys when they visit this mountain. So this, so this used to be like a marketing strategy for local authorities. Yeah, they were part of the menu. It's、right. not like you had to eat them, but they were part of the menu. They, <laughs> the、uh, the monkey trainers used whistles, gongs, and food to, to lure the monkeys from ten、mm-hmm. kilometers away. I mean, they're of the original ha- natural habitat.、Mm-hmm. So. That was part of the deal. You buy a ticket to climb the Urmi Mountains. You get to be in the company of these naughty monkeys. Well, naughty maybe wasn't in the mind of these、uh, resort management in, to begin with.、Mm. I mean, they just wanted some specialty, some extra specialty to to get the tourists in. But in time, as tourists also、uh, couldn't resist the temptation to feed them. Also, as people bring stuff they would like to eat. While while us climbing the mountains,、uh, these monkeys simply grow used to、um, mm-hmm. the food that they、uh, can easily lay their hands on, and as a result, they have been this brigade has been trained very very efficiently to grab stuff from the tourists. So we're the ones to be blamed then. Well, It- the tourist <laughs> manage- management, the resort management was to blame for this. Right. So at first, it was a selling point. It was yeah for people to. Um, because we're not usually, we don't usually have the、uh, opportunity to ha- come so close to wildlife. And、mm-hmm. if these、um, animals are not afraid of people, then that's a selling point, I suppose. Yeah, to be mildly harassed by some monkeys. But then, monkeys, that's when things got awry. When mildly becomes terribly and wildly, that's the problem. Yeah, and this reminds me of the monkeys, baboons, and. Uh, 
Yeah, I would say they're baboons that I saw or, or encountered in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, well, South Africa is, is a country known for having um, rich wildlife and, and all that. And mm-hmm. I remember going to the the Table Mountain or, you know, yeah, that, Table yeah, Mountain. that's a pretty famous tourist attraction. And then, you know, as you park at the foot of the mountain and then there are already wildlife that come towards you. And, and, and they're, collecting, they're collecting parking fees. <laughs> But they're just not afraid of humans, and then they could get on top of your car mm-hmm. and uh, and and put their palm up, and I don't know what they're asking for—probably a sweet please. or something. Oh no! You know, get get all hyped on sugar or something. You know, that's probably not good pe- for people or primates. But yeah, this is not necessarily, I suppose just a Nume mountain thing. And this makes people reassess, like, what is it supposed to be when you have wildlife in this area? And then maybe that's, in a way, their um, animal nature to behave this way? Or is it more like, oh, they've been um, persuaded the wrong way by humans, by visitors? I think definitely, like, begging for food from visitors or from humans is not really, like, a natural habit of all wildlife animals. I mean, they are supposed to live in the wild and try to hunt food by themselves and as they could naturally. So I think that's the healthy and natural way of living for a lot of wildlife animals. But but the things like, in this case, you know, those uh, local tourism authorities are trying to attra- attract a tourism a tourist to this sp- scenic spot by like moving those monkeys to a certain area and so naturally those monkeys learn that okay so human beings is one source of food so that's just the well they food don't eat human the, beings uh, but they uh, I mean, <laughs> human beings do do supply food yeah. snacks and and, and supplier of food yes mm-hmm. so you know that's uh, that could also help like to create that certain misunderstanding for those monkeys uh, especially when they have been used to the fact that when as long as there there are visitors and those visitors are actually more than happy to feed them and especially if they are not willing to feed them they can even grab food from their bags and they succeed every time so i think so i think that's you know a harm both for the monkeys who are supposed to live happily and freely involved and also for visitors that could could also cause some harm risk mm-hmm. well I, I couldn't help but compare this to a naughty children scenario where uh, due to a lack of supervision or lack of discipline, certain children grow to have uh, very bad habits uh, interacting with people. And now uh, it's kind of like what you reap what you sow. Um, I think this uh, resort management has, well, has done a decent job at attracting tourists by luring these monkeys to the resort, but they also are suffering from the consequences of the lack of management uh, when it comes to uh, shaping and, uh, and and changing these monkeys' behaviors. Certainly, they must be aware of the situation for some time now. I mean, mm. there there being reports of of the of them of the resorts selling slingshots to uh, oh, aid the tourists. I mean, they well, they they are not selling the slingshots to sh- to hurt the monkeys. They they only sell the slingshots without the the bullets so the idea was when the monkeys saw the slingshots they would be aware that they might be in for something something that's uh, way over their head but right. but it didn't work 
Oh, it didn't work. And they also sell sticks to tourists. Mm -hmm. Sticks that tourists can use to chase off these monkeys. So, and also over social media, we've been uh, reading about monkeys in Erme mistreating and abusing tourists. I mean, it's been going on for for quite a long time. So, and and yet, I don't think the tourist、uh, resort has done enough. To rein in these monkeys,、mm. I think not only for、uh, the local tourism authorities we should blame for, but I think there are also some visitors who intend to attack monkeys or who intend to like harass monkeys. They are just basically doing this for fun. As Liming said, maybe some people think that's part of the deal. That's what I come for, you know, to this Mount Ume. So, so they would just intentionally like try to tease those monkeys by offering certain food, but、mm-hmm. not really feeding them and trying to make them having some close interactions.、Mm-hmm. Because you know, just before、uh, the show, you know, a coworker at our office told me that. She visited Mount Mount Erme like ten or twenty years ago, well,、uh, when she was still a, a little girl, and actually, a huge monkey grabbed her hair, you know,、um, somehow. But 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 that monkey just、uh, let her go after finding she was just a little girl. So you see, you know, scary. Yeah. So、mm. because monkeys know can can really tell if this person is trying to be aggressive or trying to attack it or not, and if that monkey find that okay, you are not really aggressive, and I will just let you go. Also, you don't smell like popcorn, so I'll let you go. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> don't put on popcorn scent. <laughs> of perfume <laughs> before you visit the mountain, and also I saw that there are some. I don't know if they're useful or a little bit ridiculous. Well, more maybe more useful on、um, the lines of、uh, useful tips. One being, don't feed them. Period. Just don't do it.、Mm-hmm. Second of all, bring a loudspeaker.、Oh. So, or just use your your smartphone and just play music. And we've done a show previously about、uh, loudspeakers on、uh, subway tra-、oh. in subway trains is being forbidden in. For example, sometimes、uh, in, in 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 Beijing, in、um, at least you hear it in the radio announcement,、mm-hmm. and、uh, so apparently the noise can scare off the monkeys. Also, another、um, tip is bring backpacks instead of like a small purse or whatnot. Then you know it might get the attention of the monkeys and it might grab it or something like that. But, Make it challenging for the monkeys. Oh, just don't engage. I think,、mm. but I. What、um, Li Yi mentioned earlier, I think, is is very、um, truthful to the mindset of a lot of visitors. That is, they kind of want to engage with the monkeys. It's just when it goes wrong, and then they're like, "Oh no,、um, poor management! How did it become this way?" But remember, the second ago, you're enjoying. That moment of、um, having an interaction of some sort with the monkeys. So, what do you say going forward then? I think it's important for the tourist resort to、uh, warn the tourists from the get-go when tourists are booking tickets, when they are spending money for tickets at the entrance, they should be taught not to interact with the monkeys. Yeah, I think they should really take the responsibility to teach visitors what is the proper behavior when visiting those man-、uh, certain places or visiting those monkeys. Like, what is the proper distance you should keep with monkeys, and also、uh, you should not really feed animals,、mm. and also you do not disturb animals. That's very important because I think a lot of people they come to this place with curiosity for that animal, so they are like. 
so they would love to see you know certain different behaviors of those animals. So I think it's really important to to tell people re- really do not disturb and especially do not touch because a lot of animals they are very sensitive to human touching and they can even attack you when they sense you are really touching them too much. So that could just be risky for animals and also for human beings. And、right. don't make it fun for. Either the human beings or the monkeys. Don't think of it as a very interesting game to interact between、mm-hmm. human and animals. Also,、um, it's been more than a decade going on here.、Uh, I think it's Im- important to rectify the behaviors of these monkeys starting from now. Yeah, and I just like to add a slightly unrelated side point before we move on to the next part of the show.、Um, As monkeys at Ume Mountain has become the buzzword again on the internet, I saw this、uh, comment from、uh, one user on、uh, Xiaohongshu or Red. Her name is interesting.、Um, Coriander Princess. And oh, she- <laughs> no. no. Yeah,、um, and and she said that、um, yeah, th- she and some of the young people like. Members of Gen Z kind of consider these monkeys on Ume Mountain to embody the symbol of freedom, and、uh, she said something along the lines, "I don't want to be living my mundane life anymore. I want to be a monkey at Ume Mountain and slap every passing tourist." And for some reason, I think that's kind of a fun, interesting. Sentiment, just putting it out there. If、okay. you are a human being, slapping every tourist at Ume Mountain <laughs> is a sure way to gain you a few days in,、uh, you know, under discipline. Well, at least. Trying to give give blaming just just a kick, just, just like that. You know, <laughs> easy to do that. We're just this close to each other, but I'm not gonna do that because I'm a civilized person. Coming up next, motivational Monday. Motivational Monday. So, what do you have for us, Li Yi, on this motivational Monday? I bring a piece of news which is kind of inspiring. I would say that is about a group of female pilots because recently, I think China's first group of five female pilots flying J11B fighter jets successfully completed their maiden solo training. I think you know normally flying heavy fighter jets are usually considered. More physically demanding, and some people think male pilot pilots are better at it. And now we are seeing more female pilots. I are really proving women are as capable as male pilots in that area. And、uh, I learned that they have really received a lot of like strict and heavy training before going to that mission. And according to one one of the pilots, they said that we have proved that female pilots can do the same things as men, and we can really operate. Heavy combat fighters, and today we can fly.、Uh, t- today we can fly the J11B. In the future, same on the J20. Our journey is is a sea of stars. I think that's just inspiring for all the women out there, and also、uh, women obviously enjoy advantage、uh, in operating weapons and sophisticated equipment. That's according to a deputy brigade commander from CM Flying College of the PLA Air Force. And、uh, also, training female fighter pilots is an important measure to strengthen the quality of the Air Force's talent pool. I think that's just one angle to see how many women are trying to breaking their glass ceiling, and especially in those male. 
male dominated occupations and in industry, industries like architects, like plain designers, we've seen more women are really coming up. And of course, I think we still need to note that women still face many challenges working in those male dominated workplace cultures, for right. example, like social expectations and beliefs. And also there are stereotypes about women's capabilities. And of course, there are salary gap. So I think more efforts still need to be addressed to close that gender gap. Thank you right. very much, Li Yi, for mm-hmm. that Motivational Monday share. Lai Ming, what do you have for us? Well, I have a quote from Dale Carnegie, American writer and lecturer who developed courses in self-improvement and public speaking. And he said, Inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. This is what I feel very strongly uh, recently. Because there are times in our lives when we feel there are simply too many challenges, too much difficulties, as if the whole world is against us. It's natural to be frustrated and sullen and to not want to do anything. But sitting home and brooding about it are not going to change the situation or your mood. The first step to lifting your spirit and changing the situation is to stand up and do something. You can begin by cleaning yourself, your home, and then maybe go out and do some sports. When you come back, maybe you're still, your problem still isn't going away, but at least you're in a better mood to tackle the problem head on. Right. And the mood is everything. Because, yeah, I've said this on the show before. I'm just going to reiterate it again. That is, if you're in a good mood, the whole world is sparkly. But if you're not, then everything just looks really gray. And then you don't really see solutions when, in fact, they're kind of hiding behind the veil. And all you need to do, and I know it's not easy. Sometimes it's about breaking through the veil and... um, be able to see your inspiration. Thank right. you so much, Lai right. for that. Um, well, what I'm going to share with you maybe is associated with the onset of spring, and there's often a change in our moods. We feel more energized, happier, um, and maybe even restless in a way. And I have a, sh- a song that I like to share with you. Um, it's by Fei Wang. It's one of her classics uh, called Shuyan, or An Oath, or The Pledge. It's the second track on her 1994 album called Random Thoughts. And the lyrics are by Fei Wang, composed by Dorwei and Fei Wang. Wow. Yes. Classic. Yes, indeed. And I'd listen for the airy, light, and poetic sound of the Chinese flute that leads you into the song. And it's played by... Chinese rock legend, also ex-husband, Dorbei, and it's accompanied by Fei Wan's signature ethereal and penetrating voice. And Fei Wang, well, let's just say it, that she is my favorite uh, singer, diva of all divas, uh, in my opinion, and her nightingale voice, artistic pursuit, nonchalant attitude towards fame, and unmistakable style has made her one of the most singular vocal artists of our time. And if you ask me, He Yang, how is this motivational? I like to respond in saying, I like to throw in a little self-serving song ever so often. It's a great song fitting of the breezy, easygoing, and cheerful mood I would like to share with you on this Monday. So here we go. 
Feiwang's Shiyan or the Pledge. And that brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Thank you so much, Lai Ming、right. and Li Yi, for the discussion. And I'm Hyung. We'll see you next time.